Hello, good morning. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, yes, the, my baby is here. <laughs> Happy New Year to everyone. I hope and trust that you had a wonderful Christmas season with your, uh, with your family. Um, I just, I just, I just want to pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this time together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can, again, just be in your presence together, Lord. Come, come and reveal yourself to us through your word, Jesus. All of our hearts are open and ready for you to move. Father, we thank you because your hand is upon us even right now, and your presence is here with us. We are in your presence, Lord. And we are looking to be challenged. We are looking to be encouraged. Help us, God. And we thank you for this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. I think it's safe to say that most of us <coughs> view the new year, anytime there's a new year, as a new beginning. And a common thing that most of us do or have are New Year's resolutions. Maybe we start that diet or finally go to that gym membership. We never canceled it. We still have it, just didn't go. But now we're going to go this year. I'm talking about me. Or maybe it's the start of you finally putting your foot down and saying, I'm, I'm going to read the Bible every day. I'm going to pray every day. Come January 1st, this is the year that I become closer to Jesus. This is the year that I become disciplined with the spiritual disciplines. And most of us view this time of year as a way to start new and start the journey to be the person we've always longed to be. But to be honest, most of the time our New Year's resolutions lists are left undone. The excitement of the new year passes and we get back to our regularly scheduled lives. Too busy, too distracted, just getting by. And a common phrase that we hear is, new year, new me. But I want to challenge you to think about the next coming year. New year, same God. And this, I think, would help us to accomplish what God wants to accomplish in our lives. Because the fact of the matter is, like it says, like we were reminded in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He will never change. He is always faithful. We may waver in our spiritual disciplines and being obedient to the Holy Spirit and even uh, even the joy and excitement of sacrificing for the Lord. We may waver in those things, but Jesus is the same. His love for us is the same. The power that he's given to us is the same. The forgiveness that he's offered us is the same. The calling upon your life is the same. Our God never changes. And this is what's going to help us in this next coming year. When we think about the Lord, the same God 
what, what, what kind of God are we talking about? I was having a conversation with a friend, and we were, we were just discussing this idea that, like, one of the issues is that people view Jesus as this, like, hippie God. This all-loving peace and love, bro. Everybody get along together. I think this is a mainstream idea of Jesus, of the God that we serve. But I, I, I want to remind you that God, this is strong what I'm about to say, and I, and I understand other, other, other ideas, but God is not just a friend. I know there's songs we sing, I am a friend of God. We know that song. And there's truth to that song. And Jesus even says, you, you're no longer servants, but, but my friends. And I understand that. But God is not, we are not on the same level with God. We should not be as close as we are to God. We should not be able to be so open and free with God. I want to remind you here. Let's look at Exodus chapter 19. And the Lord said to Moses, starting at verse 10. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes. And be ready by the third day, because on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Put limits for the people around the mountain and tell them, Be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. They are to be stoned or shot with arrows. Not a hand is to be laid on them. No person or animal shall be permitted to live. Only when the ram's horn sounds a long blast may they approach the mountain. We serve a God that is beyond our imagination. A God that cannot be touched. A God that is so holy he cannot be touched. A God that if we were in his presence, we would be consumed and destroyed. A God that says, don't let, I'm coming on the mountain, don't let anybody touch the foot of the mountain. Don't let an animal touch the foot of the mountain. If they do, let them be stoned, let them be killed. This is the kind of God that we serve. A mighty God, a powerful God, a king. A perfect, again, we were singing it, holy, holy, holy God. Makes no, no room for sin. No room for blemish. We can't come to him on our own. This is the same God that we serve year after year. And I want to remind you of the Day of Atonement, where there was a high priest that would go into the most holy of holies. And on this day, he would provide a sacrifice and do all these ritualistic things. 
for the forgiveness of sins. And only one person was allowed in the Holy of Holies. Only one person was allowed up that mountain, and that was Moses. Moses went up on behalf of the people to get the message and come back down. First of all, the people didn't even want to hear God. They were so afraid of God. They were so afraid of his voice. They didn't want to be near God. Moses was the one person that went up. The high priest was the one person that went in. And here we have in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Moses was the one that went up. The high priest was the one that went in. Jesus is the one that went to the real holy place and made it possible for us to go into the holy of holies, to go into the holy, the holy place. Can you put that verse back up? To go into the holy place by the blood of Jesus. No longer is it, you can't even stand at the foot of the mountain. No longer is it, you will be destroyed if you're in my presence. Now there is an invitation for you to come. For you to enter into the holy of holies because of the blood of Jesus. This is the same God. The same God that can destroy you and me like this. And rightfully so. Is the God that invites you into a close relationship with him. And coming into 2024, this is the kind of mindset that we need in our relationship with Jesus. 2024, 2024 is a political year. A lot of division. We've lived through it already. 2024, coming into 2024 with wars. Coming into 2024 with Maybe fear in our hearts, fear of the unknown, of the, of the uncertainty of things. We need now more than ever not to lay on the outer courts, to stay on the outer courts of the temple, but to be in the holy of holies with our creator, with our one king, with the one who covers us, with the one who sustains us, with the one who provides for us, with the one who strengthens us and gives us everything that we need. Coming into 2024, that is what we need. That is what we need. Let's do away with our New Year's resolutions list. I'm not saying it's bad to have, you know, go to the gym, do it. Eat healthy, do it. Drink some more water, do it. Get some more hours of sleep, do it. Start that project, do it. But let the priority be that you are starting all of these things that you desire to start from the place of holies of holies with with Jesus because of his blood. So it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through through the curtain that is his body. We remind you, when Jesus died, it says in the scriptures that when he gave up his final breath, that the curtain that separated us from the Holy of Holies was torn in two, was split in two. And this is a new and living way that we have with God. It's not by works. It's not by it's not by following the law that we acquire closeness with God. It's not by good behavior that we acquire closeness with God. It's only by the grace that God has given us and by the power of the cross and the power of the blood 
and the brokenness of Jesus' body, that we are able to even become close to God. Not because of what you and I do as Christians, but because of what you and I believe as Christians in Jesus. This is the faith that we hold on to that enables us to be close to Jesus. The author here is, is, is declaring a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest, not Moses, not just some high priest that was just another man, but we have a great priest that is Jesus over the house of God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near an invitation from God himself for you to draw near. I want to remind you, it's no longer stay away from the mountain. You'll die. It's come close to me, my son, my daughter. Come close to me. Draw near to me. And how? With a sincere heart. What's a sincere heart? From a place of repentance. Without the masks that we wear. Without feeling the need that we have to put on this, uh, put on our church clothes, so to speak, to come before God. To put on our best face before God. No, with a sincere heart. Another, another way that we can look at this is with a contrite heart, a broken heart, a heart that is honest before God. That's how we draw near to God. Not, oh, let me get everything ready. Let me get my life together and then I can come to God. Let me read the Bible a, li- a little bit more and then, and then I can finally come close to God. No, when you are down and out, when you feel far away from God, when you feel disqualified from his presence, that's when you draw near. When you feel the accusations of the enemy coming at you saying you can't come close, that's exactly when you come close to God. Because Jesus paid the way. Jesus tore the veil. Because of, because of his blood, your heart can be free of, of, of a guilty conscience. Because of his body, you can enter into the holy of holies. It's exactly when you feel like you cannot come in. That's exactly when you should go into the presence of God. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. It is, it is the Holy Spirit drawing you to closeness to God. It is our natural flesh that is saying, I need to stay away from God. I, need just, I, just, I just need to process some things. I need to purify myself before I come to I can't come to God again. That's the flesh. The Holy Spirit is drawing you close. I want to remind you of Adam and Eve. What did, what did they do when they sinned? They hid. They hid from God. We are no different. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you, convicting you of sin, but comforting you and convicting you to draw close to God, because there is no other way. There's no other way. What, what, are, what are you and I going to do? Make clothes for ourselves to cover us, like Adam and Eve? We do that. We do that sometimes. And, and even in that story, that wasn't good enough. God had to cover them himself. It says that he took animal skin 
and covered him. There was the first sacrifice. That's a whole other thing. But we, but we can't even cover ourselves well enough before God. God already sees it. And he says, draw near to me with a sincere heart. A sincere heart is a heart that is ready and willing to repent. That is a sincere heart. I was just talking about this with the youth on Friday. Let's view repentance as a, a, if, if we are running this race. If we're called to run the race that is marked out for us. Run as if to win the prize. That is our faith. And breathing in is faith. Breathing in is receiving the word of God. Breathing in is receiving the promises of God. Let's view breathing out in this race as repentance. As natural, as commonplace, as uh, a, a part of the process. Not a one and done repentance. We've seen the people on the road. Repent because Jesus is near. The street preachers, not just a one and done repentance, but a coming before God, confident in his presence, saying, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. God can work with a broken heart. He cannot work with a proud heart. God can work with a heart that is willing to be corrected and molded and changed. God cannot work with a heart that believes that they have it all together and that they don't need to repent. He can't, and he won't. But if we, if we, re, if we view repentance as, in this race, imagine trying to run a race and you're just breathing in. You won't get too far. <laughs> That's it. You won't get very far. With the race that has been marked out for us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run the race that has been marked out for us, setting our eyes upon the cross as Jesus did. He saw the joy beyond the cross. I don't know when's the, when's the last time you guys went running, but it's hard sometimes. Running a race? That's hard. Sprinting? going as fast as you can, as intentional, to win. We're not, we're not just a jog in the park. Paul says that we are to run the race as if we are trying to win the prize. That's, that's Olympic-style running. And it's hard, and it's difficult, but it's worth it. And in, and in order to win this race, to win the prize, we have to draw near to God with a sincere heart. With the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Again, to draw near to God, this is a big deal. I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 12, 28, 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Can you catch that? Our God is not just a big teddy bear to hug on. Our God is a consuming fire. And depending on which side of the cross that you are on determines what happens 
when you meet with this consuming fire. You are either destroyed by the consuming fire or you are refined by the consuming fire or you are purified by the consuming fire. When you draw near to this consuming fire, again, you are destroyed or you are refined because God is a consuming fire and he wants to renew us and restore us and make us more and more like him as we draw near. Start 2024 with a desire and a passion to draw near to God because he is close to you. Verse 23 of Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Let us draw near. Let us hold on to this hope unswervingly. The test of your faith is how well you can hold on when things start to shake in your life. The test of in the, you, you find how strong is your faith, not when everything is peachy and there's butterflies and flowers and the warm sun upon your face. You find out how strong your faith is when everything's going wrong. You find out that uh, whether or not you are just offering lip service to God when you say, I worship you. When you say, when you say, I love you, God, do you, do you really love God? What about when you can't pay the bills? What about when your loved one is sick? What about when you're sick? What about when you've been abandoned? When you've been betrayed, when you've been hurt, when you've suffered loss? What about then? That is the test of our faith, how well you can hold on to it. But it, but it, but it says here that, we, that we're able to hold on unswervingly to the hope we, we profess because he is faithful. He who promised is faithful. Let's, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. You know this, but I'm going to look from verses 32 to 40. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. 
They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. And since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. The same God, the same God that carried all of these men and women through what we just read is the same God that holds you today right now. The same God that holds you in your circumstances and your trials and and exactly what you are facing. This is the same God. For he who promised is faithful. And what has he promised you? He's promised you strength. He's promised you peace. He's promised you closeness with him. He's promised that you will never be forsaken, but that he will always be with you. He's promised that he is holy, that he is good. And all that he allows in your life is for your good and for his glory. That's what he's promised over your life. And the one that has promised these things to you is faithful. He's faithful. So we draw near to the faithful one. We hold unswervingly without letting go. Like my son does when he's running away with something that he shouldn't have. That kind. We hold on to our faith. Let nothing sway you. Circumstances, your God is greater than your circumstance. Doubt, your God is greater than your doubt. He's greater. Don't let these things take you away from your faith. Take your faith out of your hand. It's God's strength. And maybe you feel it slipping. Maybe you're in this room today and you feel it slipping from your hand. And you say, I hear you. I know what I'm supposed to do, but I... I've been, I've been trying to hold on so tight, I, I just don't have any grip anymore. Call out to the one who is faithful. Call out to the one who will give you strength to hold on. Because he is with you. He wants you to hold on to your faith more than you want to hold on to your faith. And he will provide you the strength to hold on to it. So hold on to it unswervingly. Let us draw near. Let us hold on to our faith unswervingly. Verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. I was, I was curious to see what that word meant um, in the Bible to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And the, and the definition in the Greek is this. To incite and to irritate. To incite and to irritate. You know, think about cowboy boots, the spurs that are on the cowboy boots. Those, are you, those aren't just, you know, style. When you want the horse to go I don't know anything about horses, guys. I had to look this up on Google. So correct me if I'm wrong. But when you want the horse to go in a certain direction or you want the horse to get on with it, you just, you know, 
I don't know. I don't even know how you do it. But, 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 but you hit him with your spur. Irritate him. You incite him, the horse, to go in the right direction. And there is one other time, there's one other time that this word in the Greek is used in the, in the scripture. There's, there's one other time, and it's in Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through 41. And I, and I just want to read it to you. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement. That phrase right there is spur. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, but Paul chose Silas and left, commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. This sharp agreement is what spur means. Can, can, can we pull up spur again? Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Let us consider how we may irritate one another in the right direction. How we may bug each other, provoke each other, incite each other towards good deeds, towards love. If we are a family then it is our responsibility with one another to call each other out when things aren't right. It is our responsibility to say, hey, you shouldn't have spoken to them that way. Go apologize. Hey, I know you're offended, but go ask for forgiveness anyway. It is our job to do that, to spur, and that's what it feels like. It feels like a sharp disagreement. Fine. You're right. I should give four thousand dollars to the park. You're right. Yes. You're, I just yeah, that's that was for you, Pastor. That was for you. I'm just saying. I'm just joking. But that's uh, this. Let us consider. Let us consider how we may spur. Let's take time to think about this. Let's be intentional how we can spur one another. And we 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 naturally have disagreements. Just as human beings and as, as a collection of people from all different backgrounds and, 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 and stories and, and, and uh, uh, just childhoods and all these things and experiences in our life. We, 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 we all are naturally going to disagree. But if we are going to disagree on, thing, let, on something, let it spur us on to good, to good deeds and to love. That's our responsibility to one another. That as we draw near to God, as we hold on unswervingly to our faith, let's not forget our brothers and sisters that are with us in this room that need a good spurring. Some of you can think of somebody in this room right now that that needs a good spurring. I encourage you in love to spur your brother and sister, whatever that looks like. Verse 25, not giving up meeting together. I think it's funny that he says that because if we're spurring one another, we, we're, we are probably, probably a little bit annoyed of each other. A little, but don't give up coming to church. Don't give up meeting, as some are in the habit of doing. 
but encouraging one another. And look at this. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming for his church. And it is much sooner than it is later. He's coming for you. He's coming to make things finally right. He's coming to exact justice in your life where you have been wronged. Everything that has been stolen from you. Everything that has been uh, uh, done wrong to you. Jesus is coming back to make it right. Jesus is coming for a church, a church that is without blemish. Jesus is coming back for a holy people. Jesus is coming back to a people, to his bride, that is eagerly waiting for him. That is intentionally running this race. That is running this race with faith. That is running this race in the power of the Holy Spirit with a servant's heart. A heart that would love one another. A heart that would love God with everything that they have. This is the kind of church that Jesus is coming back for. So if we're going to think about 2024, think about our New Year's resolutions list, we have to be mindful and put at, at the top, God. And if you're going to put anything on your resolutions list, let it be that you draw near to God every day. That you hold on to your faith. And that you care for your brothers and sisters in the faith. Let that be your resolutions this year. As you consider what this year is going to look like. Because I'm telling you, things are going to get worse than they are before they get better. But the Lord's hand is always on his church. And the Lord's hand is always on his people. Let's stand up together. Father, we come to you today knowing that your arms are open. But we come to you with our arms open to you, Lord God. Saying, Lord, as we draw near to you, would you take all of me? Would you take all that I have, Lord God? I give you, Lord Jesus. God, Today in this room, we give you our list, whatever that looks like. We give you our desires, our passions, our wants. We place them in your hand, Lord God. You have your way with that list, whatever is according to your will. But more importantly, all of us in this room desire you, Lord Jesus. We desire you, Father. We desire closeness with you, Lord God. Oh God, let this be the year. Let this today, let, let today be the day that it changes in our life. Hallelujah. No longer will we casually look at you, God. Would we consider our relationship with you as something casual? But an all-consuming God is calling us to closeness with him. Let us draw near to you with that in mind, Lord God. The great and grand holy, 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 holy God all-powerful, almighty God is calling us to closeness.
close to you, Lord. You desire to take what weighs upon our hearts, to take what what is discouraging us, to take the sin that we hold on to, to take the shame and the guilt, Lord God. You desire to take these things from us, Lord desire that we come to you with these things. Oh, Father, that's exactly what we do this morning. All of it, we come to you. I want to invite you to the altar here. I want to invite you to come to the altar. Bring it to the Lord. Whatever is on your heart, bring it to the Lord. The Holy Spirit is here with us right now. Like a mighty rushing wind Do you my one desire, Lord? Oh, we welcome you here We're ready for you Pastor Jamil just told us about drawing near. I can't think of a better way to start the year. Drawing near to him. You know, that's one way we show the Lord we want to draw near is when we come around the altar together. It's like, Lord, this is your place. I want to I want to start the new year showing you I'm drawing near the altar of God where the fire falls, where your fire comes and touches and changes our lives. We draw near to this altar today, Lord, as a symbol, as a sign. Again, we sent our praise, we sent our worship ahead into this new year. Lord, I want you to know I want to start this new year drawing near, nearer, nearer to your presence, less of me and more of you in 2024. Oh, Lord, I need to decrease so that you might increase. 
I need to decrease so that you might increase. So, Lord, we're ready. We want you to come and fill us, make us holy. Lord, we can come boldly and with confidence because of what Jesus has done for us. Not, we don't have to come with uh, uh, fear or guilt or shame. We can come into your presence boldly. And kneel before the altar, kneel at the foot of the cross. And Lord, show you that as for me and my house, <laughs> we will serve you, Lord. We will serve you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, O oh God, for inviting us, drawing us near to you. Lord, we do want to lay aside any and every distraction, every compromise. Your word calls it besetting sin, sin that just trips us up and just nags at us and hinders our walk with you. Leave them here at this altar today. Let your fire come and just burn them up and consume them. We need your we need your presence. We need you, Holy Spirit. Fill us today. Fill us today, Jesus, and with fire, and with fire. Flow like a rushing river, blow like a raging wind, burn like a roaring fire. Come fill our hearts again, flow like a rushing river, blow like a raging wind, burn like a roaring fire, come fill my heart again, flow like a rushing water, blow like a raging wind, burn broken place, Lord. Fill every question with Jesus. Yeah, because when answers just won't do, Jesus is always there. Hallelujah. When answers aren't enough, there's Jesus. You never leave us. You never forsake us. You never turn your back on us. You're always drawing us, convicting us, inviting us, wooing us into your presence. For in your presence there's peace, there's fullness of joy, there's life and hope forevermore. Hallelujah.
Lord, if, if tomorrow comes, it might be a new year, but you're still the same God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we have come and we've gathered here today to send our praise on ahead for the victories that we know shall be ours. 2024 because there is more there is more in 24 there's more more of your power more joy, more peace more of your presence more fire because Holy Spirit we can be full or not that's what the word says I can be filled with the spirit or not we can have a measure we can have some or we can be full and Lord I declare we are a church filled with the Holy Spirit and with fire filled with the Holy Spirit filled with the Holy Spirit and fire not just some not just a portion but full hallelujah every day the day of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. God bless you today, church. If tomorrow comes, then we'll say Happy New Year.